Father, to minister to hearts, to encourage, to build faith, Lord, to believe, Lord, in a God who's more than able, who can work the impossible among us, Father. We've seen you moving in such a miraculous way, Lord, and our hearts just burn within us. Lord, if there be anything that we've done, we just ask you to forgive us, Lord, and wash us by your blood, cleanse each and every heart. Lord, draw us all closer to you, fill every fiber of our bodies. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Let's turn to Judges 6 and verse 7. Amen. Judges 6 and verse 7. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drove them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, and I said unto you, I am the Lord your God, Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, and pertained unto Joash, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress, and hid it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor." And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told of us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Amen. We'll let you be seated. We spoke just to couple of Sundays ago on the days of miracles are here. I'd like to speak to you on the God of miracles, the God of miracles. And the God of miracles and God being a miraculous God and a God who does miracles is all through the scripture. And of course, you couldn't touch this tonight as far as the vastness of all, of all the things that are in the, in the Bible that we can pull from. But, you know, looking at this as, as we see a people that had walked away from God and, and, and forgot that who God was and forgot what he had told them to not fear, that when the things they begin to fear begin to come upon them, but the word was sent to them by the prophet and it was spoke, if you read it there as we read, the prophets came unto the children of Israel and his words were this, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, 
I brought you out from Egypt. I brought you out of the house of bondage. I delivered you from the Egyptians and out of the hand of those that oppressed you. And I drove them all out from before you and I gave you the land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites. And so it's amazing that he began to immediately tell him who he was and to remind them of who he was and what who he was and what God had done for them in that moment of their, of their time of life. And because what, who God was is who God is. And so what God done is what God does. And this is what he was trying to show them. I did this there, but I'm also the same God today. Don't forget who I am. God was reminding them to not forget that he is the God of miracles. He wanted, the, he wanted his people to know he works miracles. Because if we look at the miracles that God done in, the, in what he was talking about and delivered them out of Egypt and, and, and out, of, out of the house of bondage, my, just how many miracles did the children of Israel see? Time after time, God moving on the scene and, and God producing miracles. It was a miracle of how that he would take a river system and turn it into blood. It was a miracle that he could take the dust of the earth and turn it into gnats or, or to bring frogs to be so thick as they were. A miracle after miracle, sign after sign after sign. And then he brings them out of Egypt and then the angel of God and a pillar of fire, a, a, a pillar of cloud and fire guarded them or stood between them and the Egyptians. And then a strong wind and made a path for them to go through the Red Sea and walk across on dry land. That was what I consider a miracle, amen. And then the same deliverance that brought that they were brought, amen, the Egyptians tried to follow them and, and their chariot wheels were made to come off and the army, the whole army was drowned in the sea right there before their very eyes. And this is what he's telling them, don't forget what I've done for you when I delivered you from Egypt because what I was is what I am. And what I've done is what I do. Amen. Bitter waters were made sweet and drinkable. Manna rained down from heaven as bread. Quail were sent to provide meat. Water came from a rock time after time and followed them through the wilderness. Amen. Moses would raise his hands and the Israelites would prevail over Amalek. God would speak lip to ear. They would hear his voice from the mountain at Sinai. The winds would once again bring quail down into their midst. Uh, you know, Miriam's rebellion and her leprosy and God coming on the scene and healing her. And then, you know, the ground opening and swallowing Korah and all those that were with him. The budding of Aaron's staff, the water, amen, from the rock, the bronze snake on a pole, the crossing of the Jordan River. I, I, that was a lot of miracles they witnessed. Amen. You know, just today as me and Sister Ruth were reading the Bible together, reading once again how they came across Jordan in the flood stage and how he told the priest to go out and walk out and stand in the middle of the Jordan and God rolled back. One, one side went down as the water continued because, you know, the Red Sea was pretty much a steel body, but now we're working with a flowing river as it would continue to flow. And, and imagine how that was to look to the kings of the, of, and the people of that land. The scripture said there, 
their hearts melted within them when they saw what God had done. And God took that and he, and he let the, the one side just went completely dry and the other side walled up water all the way back to a city and, and a miracle that God would work on the scene. And here he was trying to remind them again, I still do that. I'm still a worker of miracles. I'm still can move in impossible situations. In other words, these Midianites are not too much for me. All God needed was someone that he could work through. Amen. And so we would look and we, we're acquainted with how, amen, how, what, what, what was going on, the Philistines and the Midianites and the Amorites, all the different ones that would come in and steal the blessings of the children of Israel and the, and the fear that would become upon them. But did you notice they could not do that until Israel first fell away from God or they lost their faith in God or they, they lost their, what God had told him. He said, don't fear them because I'm greater than they are. But they forgot about how great he was, how quickly. And, and you know, you, you've seen this uh, the precursor of their lives. So pretty much as they would go down through the, uh, through the wilderness and, and it just very quickly, how, how quickly they would forget how he opened the Red Sea, how quickly they would forget how he gave them victory here and how he opened this and he done this and he, and he fed them here and he gave them how quickly they forgot. God. And sometimes we get in the middle of a battle or we get in the middle of a situation and how quickly we forget who he is. And we forget what God can do. He said, see, when you can remember, he said, see, remember this, the devil can't set a foot on you to hurt you. He said, until first you get away from God. Now that may not be sin. That may be forgetting who he is or, or letting your faith waver or falling away just for a moment. Amen. And pulling back and forgetting who he is and getting away from God. But you first must remember this. He said, check it when it happens. He said, when the devil comes in, see if you're in the faith or not. See if you're right with, with God or not. And if you are, then remember the devil cannot harm you. Hallelujah. Why? You are in Christ. And anyone that's born again is in Christ. That does not mean that sickness won't come against you, but it cannot harm you. Spirits will, will still come against you, but they cannot harm you. Things will come against you and your body and your, and your spirit and try to attach themselves to you. But if you're in Christ, they cannot harm you. Hallelujah. And this place, you know, a few, few years before, we could read how, how the prophetess Deborah and, and, the, and Barak would come and, and Deborah would prophesy and Barak, Barak, the great army, the great warrior would triumph over the enemy. But soon as they would get out of that, he said they would get into a little twist again and right back into the rut they went again. He said, if that isn't the picture of our church today, he said, soon as it gets out of one twist, it goes into another. Hello, somebody. This is what we've seen the message do. It get out of one twist and go into another twist. Get out of one thing, go into another. He said, but the time had come for action. The time had come. It's the same now. It is a time for action. It is a time has come that playing church has come to a halt. Hello, somebody. 
Playing church has come to a halt. There's no more playing church. We must get down to business with God. And I trust that the same God will place this upon the heart of you tonight. That in the time for his time for a halt to quit playing church, to quit playing religious, quit playing righteousness, and it's now time for action. It's time to see God living in flesh. It's time to see God working as he did 2,000 years ago. Not just an idea of theology and and, and be able to quote scriptures or be able to quote this. The devil can quote scriptures. The devil can quote quotes. I'm talking about a life lived in front of the devil. And when the devil comes, you say, not today, Satan. No, I'm a blood-bought son of God, and this is not my voice. You're hearing the voice of the creator. You're hearing the voice of God speak back to you. He knows he's heard it before. But it's time to quit playing religious. You know, hey, you know, we live in a time that everybody's playing. They're acting, a lot of acting going on, and, and, and people have played, have played the part of the message long enough. Sit on our own pews and played the part of the message, played the part of religious, played the part of righteousness and, and playing along. And he says, but see, when people, God's people get in trouble, God will send them a prophet and it'll bring them back to the word again. It's never a time that God's people ever got in trouble unless God sends them his word and his word is here for our deliverance once again. Hallelujah. He said, find out if it's a word. We said, well, how do you know? If it's the word, test it according to the word. Then God's word becomes alive. You say, well, you know, I got the, the, we got this prophet in our church, and we got this one that's prophesied. Listen, if it's a prophecy that's being prophesied and it don't come to pass, you don't hear him. If he's speaking words that don't happen or a life that can't be lived, you don't listen to him. But if that word has a life to back it up, Hallelujah. Now God called life to back it up. That'll walk there and speak to the devil and cast him out and watch God move on the scene and watch God do the miraculous. People want to call themselves prophets and yet they only get their prophecy right a few times. And they got most of them wrong. They prophesied this and they prophesied that and half the time or more is wrong. Well, you're, not, you're, you're a prophet, all right. It's called a false prophet. But a true prophet of God will take you back to the word again. And he'll get right in your place. He'll get right, right where you're living. He'll get right down where the rubber meets the road. And it don't always feel good. And it don't, don't always, I, you, know, I, you know, it hurts. But it's time to quit playing. Listen, we're in a time that it's time to quit playing. You've played long enough to come to church and you played long enough to have a certain dress code and you, play and, you, and you tinker with things of the world and their dress code and you're right on the line. It's time to quit playing. It's time that we go in and we have a good house cleaning and we move all these things aside. If we want to see God do the miraculous in our house, get your house ready for the miraculous. Amen. If you want to see God do the miraculous in your own life, get your life ready for the miraculous. He don't come fill a dirty vessel. Amen. God's people gets in trouble, but he always sends them a prophet. He always comes according to the word. 
He said, in every case, he sends people a true servant, a true prophet that will bring a true word of God, a true word of God. And the word of God is what delivers the people. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we can look back and the, uh, read there in 7th verse to the 10th verse, and we find out that Israel had turned away from God. At the beginning of this chapter, they turned away from God and gone back to the world again. And out of nowhere came this prophet. They don't even really give him a name. I guess, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't the important part. The important part was he spoke what God said. Amen. He was anointed by God and had a message on his heart. And he called the people back to repentance to an understanding that their God was a God of might. That their God was a God of deliverance. That their God was a God of miracles. And any true prophet will say the same thing today. Listen, he's a God of miracles that snatched them out of the hands of the Egyptians, that opened up the Red Sea, that fell to them there in the wilderness. A God of might that could take the land from somebody else and give it to them. He's a God of might. He's a God Able, yet more than able. And these Midianites and, and Amorites and so forth had come up to eat their land. The enemy had challenged, had set forth a challenge, and this challenge must be met. The armies couldn't meet it. Their priests couldn't meet it. Churches couldn't do it. So the word of God came to meet the challenge. Amen. He said the enemy may speak today and the enemy tries to say the days of miracles are past. The enemy tries to come and say there's no such a thing anymore as a true baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's only a motion. It's only a workup. The enemy has challenged and his challenge must be met. And there's only one way we can meet that challenge. He said, Brother Bram said, you don't meet him you know, with, 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 with the, your PLDs or LLDs or, or being your trustee or a deacon or a pastor. No, there's one requirement to meet this challenge. Wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Amen. That will meet the enemy's challenge. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It ain't coming to this church going to meet the enemy's challenge. It ain't listening to a certain amount of tapes is going to meet the enemy's challenge or singing enough songs or doing it. It is being born again. That is what's going to meet the enemy's challenge. And once you're born again, then church playing days are over with. Righteous playing days are over with. Hallelujah. Amen. There'll be a power on the inside of dunamis, a power on the inside that when you go out and you meet that devil, he ain't got no right over you no more. He can't come inside of you and take over you no more. He can't take over your voice and your actions. He can't take it over no more. Why? There's somebody greater there. Hallelujah. And when somebody's greater there, the devil can't take over your dress no more. He can't take over your hairdos no more and the way your actions no more. He can't take over none of that no more. He's lost his power. That's the greatest miracle that could ever be done in your life. Is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, he didn't come with some man-made theology. He come and said, I am the Lord that brought you out of Egypt and showed my mighty hand and showed my power. 
I am the God that did these things. I can imagine Gideon listening to that prophet. I've done all this, yet you've not obeyed my voice. And all this, I've done it. He said, I want, he said, I want to tell you another thing that might encourage you. Immediately after that prophet's message, the Lord appeared on the scene. Hello, somebody. I want you to understand, we've had a prophet visit our generation. And the Lord is on the scene. Hallelujah. As soon as he gave his message, the Lord appeared. And the Lord came down. And the message of the prophet, amen, as he spoke and sat under a tree. Oh, people had fallen away. People had went into their isms. But God has sent his prophet. And the Lord followed the prophet's message. And it was a message for deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. This is what this message is, church. It ain't a message of new rules and regulations and how-tos and why-not-tos. It is a message for your deliverance. It is a message for an exodus. It is a message for getting you out of here. It is a message for breaking off the chains of slavery. Not putting slavery on you, breaking slavery off of you. Here we see though Gideon scared out in the wine press, thrashing out enough wheat before the Philistines or Midianites found him. Little grub, had a little, had wanted a little grub for the winter, thrashing it out secretly so they wouldn't find him because they would come in like grasshoppers and take everything they had. You know, it's just the way the devil does. Get a little something started in the church and here the devil comes in and tries to take it all away. Tries to tear it all down. Listen, he said, see, it comes in like grasshoppers taking away what had been given. Gideon being a scriptural man. Now listen how he puts this. Being a scriptural man. When the angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said the Lord, capital L-O-R-D. It was not an angel. It was God, a a theophany in the form of God. Like it appeared to Abraham and looked like a man, acted like a man. But it was something greater than a man. And it came down to bring a message of deliverance. And Gideon asked the scripture because he was a scriptural man. That kind of man that God comes to. Somebody who knows what he's talking about. Gideon said, if God be with us, if you're truly a messenger, where are the miracles? Because he knew if he was God, he was a God of miracles. How far us message people have gotten away from that? We don't, want to, we don't want to accept these a God of miracles for some reason. We, we want to act like it's some other day past or some other day in the future. Listen, it's today. What he did is what he does. What he was is what he is. Hallelujah. If we can say it, we, can, we, we have to deny the scripture, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. To not believe God is a God of the miraculous right now. Then if he's a God of the miraculous, what's wrong with me expecting him to be what he is? He said, because if you, how can you expect God today to work among people? This is a direct quote. Who doesn't even believe in miracles. But he says it's a good way He said, Gideon had a good way to trust whether the messenger was right or not. If he has a form of godliness, 
He will deny the power to do those miracles. But if he's a messenger from God, he'll not only speak it, he'll produce it. Hallelujah. To show that the God that he talks about is with him and in him. Hallelujah. Listen how scriptural, listen to it. He said, listen how scriptural Gideon was. And otherwise, he said, we understand that God is a great God of mighty workings. He's a God of miracles. And if he's for us, if he's with us, if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, where, how can I see his miracles? Where can I see this God in action? I want to see him in action. And I believe that ought to be our desire every service, every day of our lives. God, I want to see you in action. And I believe we have seen him in action. God moving on the miraculous and changing lives and changing the direction of someone, changing things in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. He is the God of miraculous. Wherever a supernatural being is, he will do supernatural signs because the supernatural is in him. You can't get away from it. How can you stand in the wind without the wind blowing? How can you get in the water without being wet? And when you get in the presence of God, the supernatural is going to be there. The supernatural signs, the supernatural workings of a supernatural God. If God's there, the supernatural is present. Then all things are possible. Then the sick can be healed. The dead can be raised. You know, that's what they said about the disciples. Said they, 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 could, they could see that they had been with Jesus. How? Because they was doing the works Jesus did. Things were being produced out of them because the life Jesus was was now living on the inside of them. And the miraculous was following them. Signs and wonders follow them, they believe. It just happens. That's the way it goes. It's the word of God. You can't do nothing about it, devil. Hallelujah. He said, where's the working? Where's the miracles of God be with us? Oh, hallelujah. That's it. Where God is, miracles are. <laughs> Hallelujah, how many miracles we got in the house today? Where God is, miracles are. Where God is, healing is. Where God is, deliverance is. Where God is, salvation is. Gideon didn't realize that the man sitting there was just a man. All he knew, he was just a man. That's all he could see was a man. But he said, if if God's with us, then there's going to be miracles. How scriptural that is. For where the supernatural God is, his sign will be with him. Where God is, the sign of God is with God. We know that. If he is in his people, they will do his signs. Hello, somebody. If he is in his people, they will do his signs. What is his sign? They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. They shall tread on serpents and they shall not harm them. (laughs) What was his signs? The dead were raised. Miracles. Everywhere he went, miracles took place. And we get to this point and we say, well, we're not going to major on that. That's a minor. Well, I want everything God has. And quit making that an excuse for your lack of faith. 
believe if he's here, he can do what he said he would. This is where Gideon was. If he's here, then he's going to do what he said he would do. That was the whole point of his question. He wasn't questioning if God could do it. He's just asking if you're God, then there has to be miracles. This is what he was asking. He said, then where is his miracles? If the supernatural God is here, where is the supernatural works of God? That could be easily said tonight. He said, amongst our churches, where is the God that once lived? Did he die? Ask that question. Did he die 50 years ago? 60 years ago? No, people's faith got away from him. And they got into theology and got into, you know, into intellectualism and learning and got all puffed up and couldn't hardly do nothing when it comes to the spiritual works of God and to believe that anything God could do, God will do. I understand there's been all kind of people impersonate. Somebody said, maybe Brother Tim the other day, I, I, I believe they ought to be impersonating us. Hello. I, ought to, I believe as a, as a church of God and as a people of God, we ought to have something they want to impersonate. That they see something real on the inside of that church. They, they see a life there. And they see God moving on the scene. They see God in action. And people today don't want you to testify because they say, well, you're just puffing yourself up. I'm not puffing myself up. It wasn't me that done it. I'm telling you who he is. It was God that come in this house and healed a young woman of cancer. It was God who come in this place and put hair back on a little girl. It was God who come in the hospital room and gave my mom her life back. And how dare you tell me I can't testify. He is the God of the miraculous. He is the God and what he did, he will do. And what he was, he still is today. If he healed cancer 50 years ago, then my, we ought to go ahead and believe him. He'll do it again. There's nothing too hard for this God. I'm going to ask some people who, who, who left and left you in charge. Tell us we can't testify. We can't tell what God has done. We can't lift up a God out of history to let a dying world know he's still God. Amen. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me tell you something. You out there critics, you get cancer one time, you're going to want this God. People say, well, I ain't going to believe in no miraculous as long as a doctor was involved. That's a bunch of nonsense. Shows just how far your intellectual has taken you down. Yeah, you say, well, you're angry, Brother Timothy? Yeah, I'm angry. Amen. People, there's a challenge out there. But there's a people here to arise to the challenge. And there's a God here to back it up. He said, he's the same. He said, did he die? Is he gone? Is he off on a trip somewhere? No, sir. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And if we say we're of God, then let's see where God is. Let's see the signs of God. If this tabernacle stands for God, let's see God moving among us. Let's see souls being born into the kingdom of God. Let's see lives being straightened up. Let's see the sick being healed and the blind being brought back to sight. The deaf hearing again. Let's see his mighty works performed if God is in our midst. If God is with his people and in his people, that person can't help but do the same thing God did. I know that choked some of them intellectuals out there. But that was, that was a quote. Let me read that again. If God is with his people and in his people, they cannot help but do the same thing that God did. Amen. <laughs> because it's not the person anymore. It's God living in a people. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. That's what Jesus would say. If you don't believe me, believe the signs that I do. They was told there would be a prophet like Moses raised up and he would be a Messiah. And he said, if you cannot, if, if I do not the works of my father, then don't believe me, I'm wrong. But if I do the works of my father and you don't believe me, then believe the works. What does the works do? They tell you who I am. They testify of me. They're my witness. Not my credentials that I belong to a certain religion or I belong to a Presbyterian Pentecostal message. I can show my fellowship card, but the works that I do, the signs of God, the signs of Messiah, they are the ones that testify of him. And Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. If God be for us, where are the miracles? If God be in us, what's the matter with us then? Something's wrong somewhere. Yes, Jesus said, if, I, if you can believe me, what I say, watch what testifies of me. For they're the one that gives witness of me. The Lord your God said there'd be a prophet raised up, and here I am, but you don't believe me. Amen. But believe the works. Right. And they could see him do the things only God could do, and yet they could not believe. That story of the blind man where he created the eyeballs, that's one of my favorite moments where Jesus moved in, in a miraculous way. The creator once again working in creation, taking some mud and spitting on it and putting it in his eyeballs. <laughs> I wonder how many would have stayed in that church service. We got a lunatic, hello, we got a lunatic spitting in some clay, putting in some man's eyes. He says, go wash, and he came back to see him. And they begin to question him and, 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 and come against him for testifying. Of what? Who are you to come against the blind man's testimony when he was the blind one, but now he can see? <laughs> These are his parents, and they're like, well, don't ask us, ask him. It happened to him. And the man makes one of the most astounding statements that should have shook them to their roots and down into their very soul. He said, never before the world has ever been that a man been born blind, been given his sight, yet you don't know who he is. Yeah. 30 minutes ago, I didn't even have eyeballs. 
But yet now I got eyeballs. And I can see you, and I can see my family for the first time, and you don't know who he is. And we've seen the miraculous done in such a, a phenomenal form in this age that we're living in, and people are, are casting it down and making fun of it. God have mercy on the hearts. Gideon, standing there, oh, if that be God that's with us, I want to see the sign of God. And he goes get an offering. He brings it there and he lays it before him. And the angel said, go, I'll wait. He said, what was he doing? He was testing it. Gideon come with some broth and bread and with meat. And the angel said, now you understand by this, this will prove it. And he poured the, the broth out on the ground for a drink off. And he took the bread and meat and laid it on the rock where he was thrashing at. And took a stick from his hand like an old man, a staff, and touched it. And when he touched it, the smoke went out and the sacrifice was consumed. What was it? He took him back to the scriptures to prove who he was. Hallelujah. And he said, if God still remains God, if God is the same God, he wasn't a day's gone by. You don't have to go up and shake hands with a preacher. You don't have to go put your name on a book. Them things are all right, nothing against them. But if God be God, lay yourself on the altar Amen. and see what he'll do with your sacrifice. Amen. The Lord spoke to me very plainly and said, Ask those young people, ask them, if God be God, where is your miracle? Where is the life change in your life? You say, oh, God's God. I'm here to worship him. Where's your miracle at? If God be God to you, why are you still cutting your hair? Why are you still wearing makeup? Why are you still doing the things that God's word declares you shouldn't do? You hadn't seen the miracle. Oh, I seen him heal cancer. I seen him. Do, but where's the, your miracle at? That's the miracle we need. Oh, that's just a, all you're talking about is a God of somebody else or a God of history. But God wants to be your God. You say, well, God's my God, well, not the God of the Bible. Because if the God of the Bible was your God, then you would do what the God of the Bible said. Then the miraculous would be worked in your life. Hallelujah. He was the God of the Old Testament. He's the God of the New Testament. He's the God today, same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know, when down in your heart, that supernatural work that's been done by a supernatural being, you know when that happens. Amen. Oh, yeah. Well, you once drank, you once smoked, you once lied. You, you, women once loved the world. You kept wearing your makeup, your short hair, doing other things you did. You find out that something else has happened. And when that happens, all the devils in hell couldn't make you do it again. Hello, somebody, because something has happened. There was one time some of you couldn't help yourself. You couldn't help smoking a cigarette. 
You couldn't help drinking a drink. You couldn't help doing the things of this world. But then a life change come on the inside. And the devil come again to try to, but he couldn't make you do it not one more time. Why? Because something happened. There was an experience that took place. There was a life-changing moment, a miraculous, a miracle was performed. What happened? He changed your vile heart. He changed your desires. He changed your nature. A supernatural word by a supernatural God made a creature of time into a creature of eternity. He took the world out of you and put Christ in you. And now it's the hope of glory filled with the Spirit and ready to meet him. God be in you, where's the sign of the Messiah? If God be God, where's his miracle in you? If God, this is what he said with the Methodist church, why is, if God be God in the Methodist church, he says, why is all the women still wearing bobbed hair? He said, if God be God in the Baptist church, why does pastors still smoke cigarettes? Why do they still deny the power of God to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to speak in tongues, to interpret tongues, the gift of prophecy? Why do they still desire, deny it? If God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament is still the same God, if God of the New Testament, the Holy Ghost, is still the God, the Pentecostal claim, why do they break down their walls of petition and fussing and become born-again Christians? <laughs> oh, my. They go through all kinds of sensations. He said, they go through all kinds of things, but still have creeds and dogmas and fusses, popularity contests, devils of the world, blindness from the real truth of God. People fall blindly around it against some sensation and come right back up with an arrogant spirit, indifferent, fussy, hot-tempered. That's not the spirit of God. Still continue right on out of order. But if God be God... He uses this example that's so wonderful. He says, if the clouds are hanging over the sun, that doesn't mean the sun is shining or isn't shining. The sun is always shining. The only thing that keeps it from shining on you is clouds. And if you get rid of the clouds, the sun will shine. He said, brother, get away from your sin." Get away from your doubts. Get away from your frustrations. The sun has been shining since the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. It rose in such a manner and it's still shining. The S-O-N. The Holy Ghost is just as great today as it ever was. He said, but denominations and men's creeds comes and try to smother out that sun and smother out the word of God. Say it's for another day. Miraculous for another day. Divine healings for the millennium. Divine healings back there. It doesn't pertain to that. How can it be the same yesterday, today, and forever and still divine healing be gone? How can the power, the Bible that once set it in order, amen, first apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, vindication, a vindication that the gospel still lives and God sends them right among us and we turn our back on it. God doesn't fail. It's the people that's failed. 
deny it. And they say, where are the miracles? Where are they at? He said, they're still there. Just get the clouds out of the way. <laughs> get the doubts out of the way. Get the things out of the way that's hindering the sun from shining. Amen. The sun, by command of God, shines every day. It's there because God commanded it to be there. Not all, not all the time do you see it. Why? He said clouds come in, fog comes in, and it begins to cover it up. And you wonder, am I going to make it another day? And you get all down in your frustrations and you get all down in your aggravation and things that are, and mind battles and you wonder, is it still shining? Yes, it's still shining. God still does the miraculous. God still changes lives. God still will move that thing off of you in a moment if you'll let him. You want to see the miracle of God? Move your doubt out of the way. Move your creed out of the way. Move your denomination out of the way. The suns are still shining. It's a commandment of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as long as he's to be there forever, he's there. No question about it. Where are the miracles? What's hindering the miracles? God sent Christ. Christ is alive forevermore. And wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in their midst. Lo, I'm with you always to the end of the world. There's this problem. What's the matter then? It's we've let clouds of doubt and greed and temper and selfishness and other things break in on us and take us away from the word. He said, but the sun is still shining. He said, they're denying the true baptism of the Holy Ghost, but the sun is still shining. They're denying the days of miracles are here, but the sun is still shining. Oh, hallelujah. They're denying that he's the Lord God that heals all our diseases, but the sun is still shining. They're denying that they're saying mercy's over, but the sun is still shining. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. They're saying that ain't no such a thing as a move of the Holy Spirit no more, but the sun is still shining. The power of God is still here because he's still here. And if he's still here, the miraculous is still here. Healing is still here. Deliverance is still here. It's all here. Everything in this book is here for you tonight. What's happened to your joy? You've allowed clouds to come over. You've allowed something to come and hinder you. Why ain't I felt the moon? Why ain't I felt the sun? Because you've allowed clouds to come over. Amen. Why hadn't they not seen the miraculous? Because they allowed the Midianites to take over. All God was waiting on was one person to grab something and go to work, and God was going to answer. He showed it already many times out through the scripture. He just needs one person. But clouds of doubt and selfishness break in on us and it takes us away from our position. But that don't mean the sun ain't still shining. It's still shining for you. Amen. He said, Brother Timothy, I've been in a real moment of, of just a, a, a real rut and it just seems like I can't get my head out of the sand. It seems like I can't move forward anymore. It seems like the sun's still shining. Yes. Just move the doubt back. Go to praising God anyhow. Right. 
Say, God, you're still God. You're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. This, this little thing I'm going through, that doesn't mean that you're not God. It doesn't mean you're not the same. It doesn't mean you don't work the miraculous. You're still there for me. You're still there for my family. You, oh, yeah. You start thinking along that line, it'll change your whole thought pattern. Then it'll change the, the realm around you. And all of a sudden, the clouds will start breaking back, and you'll see the sun again. Oh, hallelujah. That's what's the matter. Things begin to come upon us as Christians, and we begin to deny, and we begin to move back. We begin to let Satan take this part and that part. The sun's still shining. The miraculous is still moving. I don't care how many message preachers say it ain't so. It's still moving. Things are still happening. Healings are still taking place. Why? It can't help but take place because God's still here. They can deny the Christian baptism. They can deny the, the moving of the spirit. They can deny, deny altar calls. They can deny all they want to. The sun's still shining. God is still moving. God is still working. And if anybody ought to know it, we ought to know it. Hallelujah. In the face of it all. Ain't it, ain't it a strange thing? You know, a real miracle is this Bible that in the face of it all, the face of all denominations, in the face of all the critics, the Bible still remains the same. How did it ever weather the storm? God determined it would be so. He determined this word would stand. That's why he would have such faith. He said, heavens and earth may pass away, but this word will never pass away. Hallelujah. He says, see, you take the clouds away, what happens? The sun is still there. Amen. It's not saying, oh, Jesus, come and heal me. Oh, Jesus, give me the Holy Ghost. Just move the clouds away. It's still there. You are still there. Why are you still here? <laughs> Some of you this week even thought about giving up. But why are you still here? Some of you this week just thought, you know, this is going to be my last time to go to church. Why are you still here? Because you were declared to be here. There was a word that was spoke about you. And God is so sure that you won't fail and you will come to pass because it's not you that liveth, it's he that liveth on the inside of you. And the devil's trying to cloud you over. And the devil's trying to put depression. And the devil's trying to put all kinds of things upon you. But just keep moving it back. Just keep fighting through it. The sun is still shining. God is still working the miraculous. And he'll work one for you. If you could just brush the clouds back. The sun's already there. The sun remains the same, and Christ remains the same. We move away from him sometimes, but he remains. The only thing you have to do is turn yourself back and face him and see what takes place. Face Christ. Face his word and see what takes place. It'll be no more. One day you're saved, and the next day you're backslid. One day you're up, one day you're down. No. It'll be something has taken place. It won't be, well, I spoke in tongues. I danced in the spirit. I, no, something took place. Amen. God came, and he brought a stability in my life. And he said, when that happens, you will never turn to darkness. Amen. Hallelujah. 
You know, God is wanting somebody in this age, as he had in every age. You can read it. We ain't got time to go through in all, all of them. But just go through the scriptures very quickly in your mind. He just needed somebody that would act upon his word. And then if he could get somebody to act upon the word, the word would come to pass. All he needed was Noah to act upon build an ark. It's going to rain. And when Noah began to build an ark and began to act upon it, before he even seen God's miracle, he'd never seen rain before. He didn't even, science didn't even, couldn't even prove it was there. Nothing. But he began to act upon the word of God. And God is once again looking for a people to act upon it. He said, I don't feel like it. Well, Noah didn't always feel like hammering another nail in the ark. He didn't get up every day feeling like building an ark. But he just acted upon it. He began moving one day at a time. One day at a time. Another board here, another board there, another tree here, another tree there. One day at a time, moving all the way down, acting upon what God had spoke. Because he knew if God spoke it, God would bring it to pass. Hallelujah. And this is what he's looking for us in our day. It's somebody to act upon it. You don't always feel it. You don't always feel like a miracle. You don't always feel the miraculous. Gideon didn't feel it, but the miraculous was sitting right next to him. Right there. And he didn't feel it. Just, you know, yesterday I was able to welcome my mom home after being almost four weeks in the hospital from a terrible brain bleed and taking just incredible things she had to go through. I can remember the night when we got the news. I didn't feel a, I didn't feel a miracle. I, I, I didn't feel all supernatural. <laughs> I didn't feel, I, it just hit me like a weight of the world all of a sudden. Now I'm looking at maybe I'm looking here, you know, the thoughts go every kind of direction and you're trying to gather them back and trying to hold them together and trying to hold yourself together. You don't always feel miraculous when the miraculous is right there. Hit my knees and begin to call out to God. Grab my stuff out of the motel room. Been there a couple of hours. Grabbed it. Walked out the door. Handed my keys. Said I got to go. Didn't even hardly say a word to the person there at the desk. And we just left. Driving home. <laughs> Probably I know I scared my wife half to, half to death. One moment you're crying. One moment you're, one moment you're crying. One moment you're angry. Angry at the devil and mad. Driving mad. The miraculous was taking place right and didn't even know it. Car was staying on the highway. Wiping tears and wife saying, you want me to drive? Let me drive. I'm all right. I'm going down. And I'm not feeling the miraculous. But yet the miraculous is happening. The miraculous is taking place. Things are getting going in order, in God's order. And I'm, not, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, God, where are you at? God's saying, I'm not here. You might be tonight, you don't mind now, you might have come to church and you ain't felt a bit of the miraculous, but the miraculous is sitting right next to you. The power of God is 
in the building to change your scene forever. I can remember my mom sitting over in Germany in a meeting and the night before, had been, she'd been going through the change of life and the night before, been up all, half the night because my dad was in conference with some of the brothers there and discussing things and she was all worried and tore up and, and she wasn't feeling the miraculous. She was feeling worry and dread and fearful but right there was the miraculous. And right there in that meeting, the next night, Brother Ron Spitzer walks down and calls her out and said, Sister Karen, God saw you wringing your hands. And he said, the one who started the work's going to finish it. And I'm going to tell you, that lady come back home a different woman. God came on the scene in a miraculous way. Hallelujah. Amen. And I saw him in just these last couple of weeks. The miraculous, yes, we started seeing the miraculous. We started seeing, but it took something to act upon it. I talked to my dad just yesterday as we sat there in that living room again, and I said, Dad, you remember just a few days ago, about three weeks, almost four weeks ago, we sat in them two chairs, wondering what the next step was, wondering what our future was, wondering what mom's future was. I said, look at us now. Look at us now as we rejoice over, over what God has done for us. But I'll never forget, was that moment when I was talking to him on the phone, it just welled up in me as I said, don't forget, you had that dream when that man come and shot you point blank and he missed. Yeah. The devil is missed. And we saw, amen, the effects of his miss. He tried his best, but he lost. He tried to do everything he could, but he lost. He tried to take her life, but he lost. He tried to take her voice, but he lost. He tried to take her actions, but he lost. He tried to take her dance, but he lost. Hallelujah. All he needs is one person to act upon it. Amen. The devil has tried to destroy you and destroy your marriage and destroy your life and destroy your children. He needs somebody to act upon it and say, no, sir, devil. I'm standing upon the word of God. God is in our midst. I see it moving among us. I see the miraculous taking place. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> we ought to be like this, this duck. I trust we got some real ducks in the house tonight. <laughs> Oh, mercy. I ain't got time. Go read the Bible. There's all kind of people who acted. David, Jonah, Daniel, three Hebrew children, all the way down. In Jonah, he said, when he seen God's miracle, somehow there was oxygen in that fish. And he breathed normally for three days. Took a nice little rest and a ride. <laughs> so he could take his 40-day journey across to a wicked city to preach the gospel. He said, what was it? He said, it was some oxygen out of heaven in that fish. He said, oh, same God tonight. He said, oh, breathe on us, Lord, tonight. The oxygen of the word of God and the power of his resurrection that we can stay alive in this last wicked day. 
Breathe on us, oh Holy Spirit. That's it, brother. Breathe, Lord. Fill us with that heavenly oxygen. He said, like a duck. He said, as soon as he smelt water, there wasn't nothing could keep him from it. All the cluckings of the hens and everything else, he went straight to the water. Why? He was a duck. He said, if any of you got duck nature, when you get a big pool, if you smell it, you get a whiff, you'll jump right in it. He said, if you are of God and you get a whiff, that God remains the same. You get a whiff that God is still doing the miraculous, that God is still a miracle-working God. Amen. And you hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet, and when you smell that water, the first thing he'll do is he'll repent from the bottom of his heart. He'll lay himself on the altar and he'll, until he's consumed of the Holy Ghost and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and he'll fill you. But he said, you got to be willing to go to the water. Oh, hallelujah. He said, what happened? He said, Gideon, after his visitation, sitting there, he had been questioning, but now he saw God was God. He saw God was the same God as he was there in the days of Abraham, as he was in Jacob, as he was in Israel, as he was, and now he's he's acting and living in a present tense right now. He said, oh, brothers and sisters, when you realize he ain't a God of past tense no more. He ain't a God of uh, back then somewhere. He ain't a God of history. He's a God of today. (laughs) He says, when you you realize that, he said, you'll be like that old duck. I smell the miraculous. I I was born for the miraculous. Amen. Why does a duck go to water? Because he's born for the water. Amen. You don't see a deer. Your deer will go drink in the water, but he ain't living in the water. He ain't just staying in the water. A chicken ain't staying in the water. Any other kind of, it's a duck. He's been built for that. He was born for that environment. He was born for that, amen, for that atmosphere of that water to be around him and swimming and diving. Hey, why? He's a duck. Well, if you've been born of the Spirit of God, you've been born for the atmosphere of the supernatural. And when you see the supernatural working in the midst of some people, I'm coming. Why? I was born for that. Hallelujah. When you see the supernatural working in a family and God moving on the scene, there ought to be some more ducks and say, hey, that's my kind of water. That's where I want to be at. I want to be where he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to be where he's, the, he's healing the sick, where he's raising the dead, where he's doing the miraculous. I want to be there too. Because it's who I am. It's my nature. I can't help it. You critics out there, and I know you're watching, I can't help it. I enjoy the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. It's my nature. I can't help it but enjoy the supernatural moments and the supernatural as God comes on the scene and he changes something in an instant and you recognize him. He can do that yet you don't know who he is. Listen, God wants to do the supernatural, but not just for a church. He wants to do it for you. 
He wants to work a miracle in your life. He wants to change you from that old cluck, cluck, cluck. I don't think God cares about how we dress, cluck, cluck, cluck. I don't think God cares about me trimming my hair, cluck, cluck, cluck. I don't think God cares about anything like that. You need a nature change. You get the nature of God and you'll know what he cares about. The nature of God on the inside of you will change your closets. It'll change your car. It'll change your atmosphere. It'll change everything about you. It's time somebody's willing to put God in action and say, God, I want you to be my God. I, I heard about you being Sister Karen's God, Sister Lana's God. He said, well, Brother Timothy, what are you trying to do? Get us sign up for sickness? No. Get you sign up for the Spirit of God to take over your life. That's the miracle we desire. Sure, God does all these other miracles, and we're grateful for every one of them. We're grateful for healing cancer. We're grateful for giving hair to a little girl. We're grateful for, for healing a brain bleed. We're grateful for all the healings and all the deliverances like that. But the greatest miracle is when a life says, It's not my will, but thy will be done. Yes. Not what I want, Lord, but what you want. That's the miracle, even the light tabernacle wants. Sure, we're going to have all these others because he's the God of the miraculous. He's going to continue to heal the sick because it's in his word. He's going to continue to raise the dead because it's in his word. He's going to continue to do all these other things because it's in his word. But he's going to continue to fill those with the Holy Ghost and seal you to the day of your redemption. He is the God of miracles. And I'm seeing miracles all around us. Lives that were once headed down towards hell. But God rich in mercy. Turn them around. Say, son, daughter, you're going the wrong way. That ain't who you are. This is who you are. Let me show you who I am. Let's bow our heads. The God of miracles. Oh, you can rejoice in a... In a brain bleed healing or a cancer healing. And it's something to rejoice about. But why don't you let God work a miracle in your heart? I wonder how many be just say, Lord, just right now say, Lord, I, I need this bitterness dealt with. I'm asking you to take it. I'm giving it to you. I, I'm, I'm needing some things changed in my life, Lord. Will you come by my way? Will you come by my way, Lord? I need a miracle. I need you to come by my way. Speak. Speak to me, Lord. I want to lay myself on that altar. Let a miracle be done in me. I want to be changed. Are you willing?
Oh, let's, let's lay our pride down, our arrogance. these things it's been flying loose here lately it's time to quit playing God I need you we're living in a serious hour supernatural hour serious hour my hand is up God I need you Brother Timothy, I don't even know if this is for me. I, I, I don't even know if I can live this life. Well, you can't. You can't do it. But if you'll give your life to him, he can. Well, I, I hadn't felt God. Some clouds. You've been listening to the wrong things. You've been listening to your peers been listening to those close near near you been listening to the wrong voices been influenced by the wrong things listen there's only one voice to listen to that's his voice he wants to be a miracle working God in your heart in your life will you allow him to be that tonight He's the God of miracles. I know some of you made some steps. But won't you just keep walking? You've stayed where you're at long enough. Keep moving on with Him. Full surrenderance. It's done. Tired of playing righteous. Tired of playing church. I want Jesus in my heart.
there be another I just need to talk it over with the Lord Nah. 
I'm l i v i n 